0: Don't
1: believe it. All right. Uh, we're we're gonna start. We're gonna start off this. Uh, we're gonna actually do th- two things uh, tonight. My thing is on. Yeah.
0: There's
1: a light. You tell me. Is it working?
0: Um,
1: we're gonna do two things tonight. We'll take a break between. Hopefully, the second one will go a little bit shorter than the first. The first we're gonna look at the counting of the omer. So, but uh, before we begin. I hereby join myself to the Master, Yeshua, the Messiah, the righteous one, who is the bread of life and the true light, the source of eternal salvation for all those who hear him. Like a branch that remains in a vine, so may I remain in him, just as he also remains in the Father, and the Father in him, in order that they may remain in us. May the grace of the Master, Yeshua, the Messiah, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abound to us. Blessed are you. O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with the commandments and commanded us to be engaged in the words of Torah. O Lord, our God, we ask that you make the words of your Torah sweet in our mouths and in the mouths of your entire people, the house of Israel. May we, our descendants and the descendants of your people, the house of Israel, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, Lord, who teaches Torah to his people, Israel. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who chose us from all the peoples and gave to us his Torah. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gives the Torah. Amen. 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 Thank you. Uh, talk about counting the Omer. Who's ca- counting the Omer? Everybody. The sun has not yet set, uh, so you tell me what day of the Omer is it today? 21st? It's the 21st or three weeks of the Omer. How do you know? Have you been... Did you look for the moon? No. Start with. So how do you know it's the 21st of the Omer?
2: Because somebody said so.
1: so you, he said tradition, you said somebody said so. Follow Any other? i follow Pete on Twitter. Pete on a, a Twitter feed, Chabad.org. <laughs> Any others? Okay, so. When was Passover? And it, actually, maybe that was a trick question. Yes, when was Passover comes next. But he counted since the day over passed, So we know it's the 21st because we've been counting all along, right? When you start is the issue. Okay? Mm mm-hmm. You shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. You shall count fifty days to the day after the seventh Sabbath, when you shall present a grain offering of new grain to the Lord. And that's Leviticus 23, 15 through 16. Anybody see some problems yet with what you just said? said to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Have you looked at a calendar recently? How are you going to do that? The day after the seventh Sabbath. What's the day after the Sabbath? Sunday. The first day of the Sabbath is after the seventh day of the Sabbath. Every time, every week is the first day of the Sabbath. After is the first day of the Sabbath. Follow the Sabbath every week.
0: Yes. The weekly
1: Sabbath. Ah, thank you very much. So, why do we count? God said so. We're commanded to count. Actually, this is a really simple, if you think about it, this is a really simple thing to do. I mean, rarely in Scripture is something so simple commanded. And not only that, it's something you do every single day for 50 days. That's got to have, I mean, that's like, there's no, there's no sweat in this, right? We're commanded to do it, so we got the, the warm fuzzy of having done what God told us to do. And you get to do it every single day for 50 days. Some things God tells us to do are difficult. Sometimes the things that we want to do are difficult. You know, even things that that the world would say was good character, that God's commanded. Sometimes we, you know, we say, Wow, this is tough. i got to do the right thing and it hurts. Right? This is not hard. This is easy. Leviticus 2.21 says, You shall hold a holy congregation. Excuse me, it's Leviticus twenty-three, twenty-one. So the reason why we count is the Feast of Shavuot. We're commanded to count, but there's only one way to know, the, or maybe not, but there's only one way to know based on this verse, it appears to know when the Feast of Shavuot will be. You count and it's like, okay, this is it. Okay? And... It's the counting up the days. So we start at 1 and we go to 50. And the 50th day is Shavuot. What's important about Shavuot? Giving of the Torah. Okay, tradition says it's the giving of the Torah. Anything else special about Shavuot? Yeah. Pentecost. Okay, so Acts chapter 2. Important about Shavuot. How about 3... 3... 3... Feasts. Three of these, you ha- every male has to go up to wherever God has placed his name, unless there's just an overriding reason not. It's also the only
3: festival where we bring a grain offering that is that
1: has leaven in it. That's right. I mean it's it's loaded with it's loaded with all sorts of cool stuff in it. Shavuot is only one day. Pesach, which is the first of the three pilgrimage festivals, is seven days long and unleavened bread, right? And then we have, although one could argue that you don't have to stay for all seven days, you have to be there at least for the first day, right? In fact, we found out that some of our our predecessors, followers of Messiah, didn't figure they needed to stick around. All the fun was over, as it were, so they left, and Yeshua met them on the road. Uh, Okay, the second was Shavuot, and the last one is Sukkot, another festival with... Actually, seven plus one days. Yeah. So it is important. It's really important because this middle festival, you count towards it, and with some time on the calendar, you go. Okay, it's, it takes us two days to get from, you know, from Haifa down to uh, Jerusalem. So we got to start out, right? Everybody agree? That's why we count. How do you count? Leviticus twenty-three five through 2, twenty-one. Actually, let's go to it real quick, if you don't mind. Let's read it again. Somebody's got uh, Leviticus 23, 5 through 21. Of course, he'd... do we have a contest? Got it. He said it first. While you were looking at that direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to split it up? You start with 5 and go to, and go to verse 15, maybe?
2: Understood. Uh, in the first month on the 14th day of the month, at twilight is the Lord's Passover, and on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. But you shall present a food offering to the Lord for seven days. On the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the, children, the people of Israel, and say to them, When you come into the land that I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And you shall wave the sheep before the Lord, so that you may be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priests shall wave it. And on the day when you wave the sheep, you shall offer a male lamb, a year old, without blemish, as a burnt offering to the Lord. And the grain offering with it shall be two tenths of an ifa, of fine flour with oil, a food offering to the Lord with a pleasing aroma. And a drink offering with it shall be of wine, a fourth of a hin. You shall eat neither bread nor grain, parched or fresh, until this same day until you have brought the offering of your God. It is a statue forever, throughout your generations, and all your dwellings.
1: Ooh, it's actually a big deal. Do you want to pick up from there? Sure. 15
2: through 21.
1: 15.
2: From the day after the
3: Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. Count off fifty days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grains to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two tenths of an ephah, of fine flour baked with yeast, as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. Present with this bread seven male lambs, each a year old and without defect, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to the Lord, together with their grain offering and drink offerings, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Then sacrifice one male goat for a sin offering, and two lambs, each a year old, for a fellowship offering. The priest's is to weigh the two lambs before the Lord as a wave offering, together with the bread of the firstfruits. They are a sacred offering to the Lord for the priest. On that same day, you are to proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. This
1: is a Brit Olam. This is like an eternal ordinance. This is not something that, well, you know, we're free to interpret. We're really not. I mean, this is like a really big deal. Pardon me? I count the omer in my heart. <laughs> so, but, okay, follow this with me. Let's just, let's put aside anything that, well, we can't put aside our biases. Let's attempt to at least look at it clear-eyed for a moment. After Passover, after the Sabbath, weigh the sheaf of uh, first fruits to start to count. Everybody agree? Count seven full weeks or 50 days. To the day after the 7th Sabbath. Everybody agree? That's what we read in English. No, no. Is that what we read in English? It says the day after the 7th Sabbath. Okay? Everybody agree? What's the day after the 49th day? So what's the day after the Sabbath again? Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Wave two loaves of bread. That's the Shavuot, right? By the way, this is Achare Mot. This week, you're reading Achare Mot and Kiddush, and Kiddush, and uh, uh, Kiddushim, and we were supposed to be reminded a little bit that, you know, when it comes to doing the offering thing, you know, maybe we can get a, maybe we can slide a little bit with God, but when it comes to doing the offering thing, you better do it exactly right. Well,
3: there are just there's a lot of people who are choosing not to do it at all for, for caution to I,
1: I, so that they don't mess it up. <laughs> but, well, well let, me, let, me, let me encourage you that doing no offerings at all might be better than doing them wrong. Exactly. Or on the wrong day. Yeah. It's an eternal command. It commences when entering the land the first time. By the way, if you went to Deuteronomy 16, you look, you're not going to see anything different. In fact, almost the same language with regard to it. Not as much detail, but almost exactly the same language. Nothing different. So you start at Passover. At Passover... Right? It says you. after the Passover is finished, you wave the, the sheaf. But you're supposed to start all this when you get in the land. From then on, it's eternal. It's everlasting. Okay? So while they were in the wilderness, they did not count the Omer for those 38 and a half years. Okay? No counting of the Omer for those 38 years. No circumcision, no circumcision either. Yeah. At least... No circumcision of those who had not been circumcised. Eighth day circumcision certainly was going on. So, the English Peshat, the plain reading in English makes it fairly clear that the count begins on a Sunday. And ends on a Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. This is not hard. It's perfect. It fits perfect. Because, after all, Sunday is the most important day.
0: Everybody.
1: Everybody knows this. Let me ask you this. Acts chapter two, did it take place on a Sunday? You, you, can, you can look it up but it doesn't say anything about it being Sunday. What day was it? When the day came, what day? The fiftieth day they'd been counting. Put aside all your preconceived notions. Who was counting? Okay. All of these people, we we actually get a list in Acts chapter 2. Cappadocia and uh, Crete and Galatia and yeah. Why are, we, why are we listing these places? What's the point being made? No, no, not, these are not Gentiles. These are Jews. They came up for the, feast. for the feast. They came up for the feast. That, not only did they come; these are especially pious people because not only did they come for the feast, they came when they didn't have to, because they came from outside Israel. That's the point that Luke is trying to make for us in Acts. These these are especially devout people that are being listed. It doesn't mean everybody is in that group, but that's what he lists for a reason. This is a big deal. And what happens on that day? You know, It's was a mighty rushing wind, and uh, Peter stands up, and, and uh, it says 3,000 are added to that day, on that day. What picture do we have from that? And Joseph brought it up earlier. We have this picture of the giving of the Torah. What day was the giving of the Torah? Do you know? Was it a Sunday? 50 days from when we, 50 days from when we left. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> now, traditionally, they say the Torah was given on Shavuot. Do we have any proof of this? Acts chapter two is actually pretty good proof of it. Ironically,
3: you can also say that, that, that God gave the ten words in all the known languages of the earth at that time. That's right. How do we know if that is legend or fact? Acts chapter, Acts chapter two sort of confirms that that's probably how it
1: happened. Pretty cool. So, what day of the week do you think that
3: Definitely.
1: we actually know when they arrived? We know when they arrived. It tells us when they arrived at Sinai. We, we, you can go through and you can look at the march across the Sinai, and it says when they arrived in Sinai. And what day do you think that it was? We can give or take a few days, but only few. So it's pretty tight. That's why tradition says that the Torah was given not on a Sunday, but on a Shabbat. So, is it so easy? Maybe it's not so easy. Right. But you don't have to. You don't just have to trust those those rascally rabbis. <laughs> I mean. There may be a conspiracy. Well, there may be a conspiracy. They, like, they don't like the idea that maybe this is a connection to Christianity, the enemy. So, let's obscure the Sunday part. Let's, yeah, let's obscure the Sunday. Maybe there's a conspiracy. The English says Shavuot is not a date. There's no date. Fourteenth of Nissan, fifteenth of Nissan, first of Tishri, fifteenth of Tishri, tenth of Tishri. These are dates. So it's like it's always like exactly. Well, these are even more than that. These are actually dates. Shavuot doesn't have a date listed. So, more proof for the English Peshat to say, "Well, no, it's 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 on it's on a Sunday, because the Sunday changes. It's not on the same date every year." So. The English Prasad says, all we need to know is when, to, when the new barley is literally waved and start counting. Which is why some wascally carites have started a, and promoted the idea that we the wabbis are no longer
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: waving the barley, <laughs> so we'll do it for them. What's the problem? What's the, what's the whole issue with the waving of the barley? Tell me. Am I allowed to eat any fruit in the land until the barley is waved no. for that harvest no that grain that's supposed to be first I can't eat any of the grain of the new harvest until the barley is waved in the land okay so and what's the other issue with the new grain what's the problem with a with a lunar calendar it's always changing it's, it's never in correlation to the seasons. And we are told that this is supposed to take place always at the time of the harvest in the spring. There's no, there's no mention of the sun, so don't, you know, wipe that out of your mind. There's no solar calendar being listed here. But it says the spring. So maybe there's a point to this. we got to see some grain first, and then we'll start counting. Get a new moon, get some grain, we're good to go. But,
3: but there, there's no explicit, Why? Because Passover always has to happen in the spring. And the seasons are according to the...
1: Solar calendar. Well, not always. Roughly. But we could be be off a month or two. Would you agree?
3: You could be off a month-ish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As it turns out, we often are. (laughs) So what's the problem? The problem is the Hebrew Sabbaths can mean a weekly Sabbath, a Sabbath of a feast day, or a week of days. The Hebrew word is ambiguous. It doesn't mean weekly Sabbath every time it says it. You can go through, you can look it up. It doesn't always mean that. So, did God not put it clearly in there so that we would know? In the English, it seems He did. But in the Hebrew, it doesn't. Except for the weekly Sabbath, all holy days in Leviticus 23 are on a date. All of them. And I believe even Shavuot is on a date. Look at them. They're all there. There's a date. So why not give us the date for Shavuot? Because you don't need the date. I mean, you can have the date, but it doesn't matter. It's always going to be on the same date. i got to prove it to you, though.
2: Yeah,
1: Who decides the new moon? There's supposed to be a space. And if the barley is ripe, who decides that? Who gets to decide that? Does some Karites get to decide that? Well, they are Jews too. Maybe they do, if there's enough of them. But there's not. So all Israel is doing it one way, and then there's a small group that's doing it a different way. This is not a new thing. That was what was going on in the first century. All Israel was doing it one way, and there was a small little group doing it a different way. Actually, two small groups doing it a different way. Which group do you think was in charge? The little group? Yes. That's what the Kerites say. They say, oh, the little group was in charge. The Sadducees, they were in charge because they were the priests. There's only one problem with that argument. The Sanhedrin was not Sadducee. It was mixed, but it was predominantly Pharisee. And you think they would have gone along with that? Well, if they had gone along with that, Why then were the Essenes so bent out of shape over the calendar? Because that's the other group, the little small group that didn't follow the Pharisee calendar. They're all bent out of shape. They're so bent out of shape, they leave. We want nothing to do with y'all. We're setting up our own system because y'all got it all wrong. What's all Israel doing? The rest of Israel is keeping the same day. What day is it? And by the way, when I say all Israel, I'm talking about Yeshua and his disciples as well. Because what day did they show up in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2? On the right day. Whatever it was, it's the same day. Right? So are they like are they like the weirdos? No, no, we're going to do this right. Y'all can say when it is, but we're going to do it right. Right? No. They're going to follow what everybody else is doing. Because otherwise, what's the point? He didn't give the command... By the way, if you will look these up... You will find that these commands in Leviticus 23 are not given to you as individuals. I'm sorry, it's just not. Hebrew, it's plural. You do not have the right to take the commands of God and say, this applies to me and I can interpret it in any way I want. Paul told us in 1 Timothy, that's an abomination. Scripture is not given for personal inter- interpretation. It's for the group. It's for the community. And it's plural. The counting is a plural command. Is it ever right for every man to do what's right in his own eyes? I've heard that It's never right. I'll decide, you show me what's, you show me the options, and I'll look at the, I'll read the scripture, and then the Holy Spirit will tell me what I should do. I'm not saying that that's a wrong approach. I'm just saying should that be the default every time we open the Bible? Here's the power of the calendar. In the first century, the Bethusians and the Essenes did not agree with traditional counting. The Bethusians, anybody know where they came from? Bothus. Bothus. Which actually is not a Hebrew name. It's a big hint here. <laughs> he was... Him and Zadok were two disciples. Antogonus of Soko. Which actually... Was a, he was... He may or may not have been Jewish as well. But by birth. Right? Uh, he had two disciples. Zadok and Bothus. About the time of the translation of Septuagint. Hold that thought. About the time of the translation of the Septuagint from Hebrew into Greek, he had two disciples, and he taught his disciples that you should serve God without view of a reward. And from that, they taught that there was no resurrection from the dead. And they liked the literal reading of everything, which is good. I like literal reading too. But they they liked literal reading and said, listen, unless God had clarified it for us, it must have meant the weekly Sabbath. Sadducees were the followers of Zadok. If you like the Sadducees, then you're in bad company. In Hebrew,
0: Sadduk. That's why. That's why we
1: get Sadducees. Yeah, that's where we get that's where we get the word Sadducees, yeah. Sadducees is a Greek uh, what are they called? Trans yeah, not translation. Uh, transliteration of of Sadok. Antigonus is mentioned in Hebrew. It is. And actually I like what he says. Oh
0: yeah. Um just don't want to take that
1: now, in the gospel accounts, the Bothusians are likely the Herodians. And if you read about the Herodians, just go to look up sometime at Concord's look up Herodians. These are not good guys. These are corrupt. They're corrupt. They buy and sell the, the high priest office every, you know, every year, every year and a half. You know, the wealthy family gets to be high priest. Wait, that's not the way it's supposed to be done, right? Wait a minute. Did Yeshua still go to the temple while that was going on? why it was being done wrong lee yet he still went why
0: it's, it's commanded to. to it's commanded
1: to it's commanded to but only if it's being done right no. No. He's not, regardless he's not
0: the one at that time that's to determine
1: if it's right so the master himself is not the one to determine whether it's right or wrong but rather what's israel doing I am promise I promise you, just like Passover and every other feast, you can go through the book of John, you can look up all the feasts that he's attending, even the feasts that are, that are supposedly non-biblical like Hanukkah. And what's he doing? He's going to the temple when everybody else is. Even though the temple priesthood is corrupt. I've just cut the knees out from underneath the basic premise of charites. And that is, you're doing it wrong, so you need to do it right, so follow us. No, no. Even if, and I'm not saying, but even if you're doing it wrong, what's Israel doing? We need to consider whether that might be the best anyway. Well, and and there is, unfortunately, history that supports the idea that you um, keep doing the commandments even if the authorities of the temple are wrong. Absolutely. Um, You look at the situation with Eli. um, Samuel's parents come
2: up every single year, but Eli's sons, who are priests, are... They're messing up everything. They're taking the wrong parts of the offerings for themselves. They're doing all sorts of immoral
3: things. They're they're a mess. And yet, that was actually... I mean, God
2: judges them, but he doesn't critique the people for doing what they're supposed
1: to do. Yeah, just wonder why there wasn't fire out of, out of heaven for that one, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: At the same time, there is a line because Yeshua did get upset.
1: Absolutely. In the temple. There's no question. Ironically, you know why he got upset in the temple? Because the Herodians... had turned it into a marketplace, yeah. I
0: would argue that he got upset with what, not
1: when. That's right. Something, as opposed to when, yeah. I mean, he could have rejected the whole temple system. That's what the Essenes did, or whoever the Qumran community was. The Essenes and the Qumran, or whoever they are, uh, kept a solar calendar. Peshat is not English. The literal... Isn't in English. It's in Hebrew. Today, if if it were not for the Christian or the Karaite influence, there would be no problem with the counting of the Omer. It is only Christian and Karite influence that makes the Omer. And for the and for the vast majority of Judaism, they don't care. Count it whatever way you want. You don't. We don't care. You are like this big. We're this big. You can count it any way you want. You know, have to it. But from our perspective there would be no problem at all if it weren't for Christian influence or Carite influence. The traditional count begins on Nisan Nissan 16 always. Every time they've always done it that way. Always. Why? By the way, Christians are loyal to Sunday. Maybe they should be, I don't know, but that's what that's what drives them to count it the way they do. Now, if they're signing with the Bethusians, is that a good thing? So. No well actually they're loyal to Sunday. they don 't count the Omer, they simply establish Pentecost based on a date when is that date based on? They do base it they do base it on the moon after the solstice and the first Sunday and then count fifty days and that's that's Pentecost. I mean they, they do base it similarly to Leviticus 23. they just don 't count it every day. but Christians are loyal to Sunday, right? Karaites don't like anything rabbinic. Now, I'm not trying to impugn anyone's motives. I'm just saying this is where the bias comes from. So, I say don't choose sides because there's actually something in Hebrew that tells us. There's proof in Hebrew that can tell us what to do. We don't have to choose sides. We don't have to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with the Karaites. By the way, if you choose side to side with the Karaites, we'll see in a little bit, that may mean you have a good thing. If you decide to side with the Bethusians, that may not be a good thing either. But we're not going to choose sides right now. We're just going to look at what the Hebrew says, okay? The traditional count is actually shown in the Hebrew to be correct. There's evidence also in the 3rd century BCE, Septuagint, in the Greek, that the traditional count is is, is correct as well. Joshua 5. Somebody go to Joshua 5, 10 and 11. Let's read those verses. Please.
0: While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land on leavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel. But they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that
1: year. Somebody read for me Leviticus
0: 23.14. Brock, in the same place every time. <laughs> any
3: bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you bring this offering to your God. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever
1: you live. Look, he even used the same language. That very day. <laughs> so, they come into the land, and what's the first thing that they do when they come into the land? They keep the Passover. It's time. Let's keep the Passover. Remember, this is Joshua that's leading these people. Do you think he was... He, he felt like, you know, Moses was a little bit ambiguous in what he wrote down. I wasn't quite sure when we should start to count. What did Joshua do? He entered the land, they kept the Passover, the next day, the day after, the first day of Passover would be the 15th, right? It says in the evening. So on the 15th, they kept the Passover, they rested, and what did they do on the 16th? The 16th of Nisan. It doesn't say the 16th, but you can look at it and it is the 16th of Nisan. What did they do? They had to have waved. They had to have waved because they ate the parched grain. The very words that are used in Leviticus 23. They had to have waved the Passover or waved the uh, first fruits. So Joshua, first generation, you know, knows like there's no obscurity. We're not talking about drinking the snow water as it melts, gets all the way down to the, to the sea and then we drink of this, you know, muddy water. No, no, he's right at the spring source. He knows exactly what was meant. And what does he do? I don't know. What day should we do this? It's like, it's like bam, bam, we do this. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty cool. Why doesn't everybody see that? There's a reason why. Because in the Talmud, the Pharisees make exactly this case. And remember, Sadducees don't like Pharisees. So whatever argument they made, no, no, doesn't count. Christians don't like Pharisees. Whatever argument they made, doesn't count. You read that in the Talmud? Well, of course. What do you expect? (laughs) The Talmud didn't make it up here. It goes even further back. Was the 16th of Nisan on a Sabbath that year? You would think Joshua, first generation, he says, you know, it was a little bit ambiguous. Let's make sure when we record this that we make sure they tell everybody, and it was also the Sabbath. Or it was the Sabbath. Instead, they use the same language on that very day. What day was that? The 16th of Nisan. Yes, the 14th of the start of Nisan. Which is why it's so important to know when
0: Nisan
1: starts. There is, a, there is a belief among some Messianics that we're supposed to observe, we individually are supposed to observe the moon every month. And actually the only command to observe the moon is the first moon. It's not that we shouldn't observe the moon, but the only command to observe the moon is the first moon. It's the moon of Nisan. And it's not individual, it's given to it Plural. It is not an individual command. You can do it, but it's not an individual command. It's Israel's job. It's not individual's tradition
2: job. The
1: tradition was that they did That's right. declare the new moon every month. They did, absolutely, because they were keeping track. That's right. Tradition followed. They kept it every month.
3: Plus, you have another major feast that falls on the first day.
1: Absolutely, and you got to know about it ahead of time. So,
0: because Nissan is started by the month, it has to be the
1: 16th. has to be. It has to be. Can't even argue it. Has to be. (laughs) There's other reasons too. The Septuagint translators. Who are these guys? There's 70 or 72 guys that were, tradition says, were uh, tasked. They didn't want to do it. They were forced to do it by Ptolemy in Egypt to translate the Hebrew scriptures into Greek. They took some from each of the 12 tribes. These are not Pharisees. They were Pharisees at the time or early Pharisees at the time. These are not Pharisees. These are are a group of elders from Israel. How did they translate this? They actually translated it to remove all ambiguity. They made it clear in the Septuagint how it should be counted. Uh, when When was the Septuagint translated? About the time of? Who was, the, uh, who was the, who the, who the, there was before Zagot. Who was the main guy? Jesus. Antigonus of Soho. Was about the same time of the translation of the Septuagint. Hmm, that's interesting. Even if not author- authoritative, the Septuagint reveals how pre-Rabbinic, now I put that in quotes for a reason, pre-Rabbinic Judaism, because there's some people who believe there's a conspiracy, so we'll give them at least some leeway. Okay, maybe there is. But, is but the Septuagint before, predates it. So you can't be going, well, that's the rabbinic thing and Akiva did all that. No, Akiva didn't do this. The Septuagint, not only that, the Septuagint is what's quoted in the Apostolic Scriptures. This is the favorite Bible of Christians in the, in the second and third century of the Common Era. They used the Septuagint. They all spoke Greek. They read the Septuagint. Oh, yeah, this is not a, this is not a book friendly to Judaism. How does it count it? It makes it clear. The weeks in Greek. The Septuagint uses two words for week. If this gets too technical, just roll your eyes back and I'll I'll see you nod off. Yeah. That is a seven day period. Not necessarily beginning at one day and ending another, just week, seven day period, okay? The Greek world and the Roman world as well used everybody tried something different? Eight days. We'll try eight. We'll try five. Seven kept coming back. Okay? sabaton is used 120 times for the word Sabbath. Okay? Or Shabbat in Hebrew. It looks like Shabbat. It actually is a transliteration. Yeah. And in the Apostolic Scriptures, it's the only word used. By the time of the first century, the common era, Greek had completely accepted the Hebrew v- version of the week and called it sabaton. Anybody know any Romance languages? We got we got same words coming all the way through. Sabbath. Exactly. So how'd that happen? The Jewish influence is so powerful with regard to Shabbat that the whole world recognized a week in reference to this word, sabaton. Another one is pronounce it for me in Greek. Hermados. Herdamus. Is that beta supposed to be a row? Huh? Your second
2: letter next?
1: I just I just copy and paste, man. but it
2: doesn't match.
1: Ah, I just patch I just copy and paste, man. Who knows? I, it, it is the word, I promise. It's all Greek to me. It's all Greek to me too. It's used seventeen times. Seventeen times in the in the Tanakh or in the Septuagint it's used, this word. Guess what? Nine of the seventeen times is in describing this count. God bless you. So, in other words, it's not used in the Septuagint much. They could have used Sabaton. They use Sabaton a lot. Why didn't they use it here? When they describe this count, they make it clear. We're not talking about Sabbaths. We're talking about a week. So what do they do? Here it is in Septuagint, uh, Deuteronomy 23 again. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, in the middle of the time approaching evening, I love that, because that's actually between the evenings is not at evening time. It's between the peak of the sun and the set of the sun. At 3 in the afternoon on our normal clocks, right? is a Pascha to the Lord. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to the Lord. Seven days you shall eat unleavened things, and the first day shall be a designated Holy One to you. You shall not do any work of service. What's the first day? What is that day? It is the Sabbath. But what is... Why did they say first day there? What is that first day? It's the first day of unleavened bread. It's the first day of unleavened bread. The fifteenth of Nisan. Okay. Notice he use the word, they use first day. By the way, that's exactly what it says in Greek. First day. Okay? And the Lord spoke to Moses, I like that, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, you shall say to them, When you enter the land that I give you, and you reap its harvest, you shall also bring a sheaf as the first fruits of your harvest to the priests. And he shall raise it up, the sheaf before the Lord, acceptable for you, on the day after the first. What day is that now? The 16th. It doesn't say the day after the Sabbath there in Greek. It says the day after the first. In Hebrew it says the day after Shabbat. Here it says the day after the first. So the
2: only way for them to spin this was making Monday.
1: (laughs) And you shall eat no bread or parched fresh kernels until this very day. Until you yourselves offer the gifts to your God. It is a perpetual precept, precept throughout your generations in your every settlement. And from the day after the Sabbath. He does say it there. Actually, that's sabbaton. And from the day after the Sabbath, from the day on which you bring the sheaf of the addition, you shall count off seven whole weeks. You read seven complete weeks in your version? That's good. You shall count until the day after the last week. What does it say in your English Bibles there? Until the day after the Sabbath. Which confuses a lot of people because they're reading it in English going, that's always a Sunday, right? Sabbaths. Remember? If I'm counting, even if I can start, okay, if I can start here, it seems like I always have to end up on Sunday, the day after the Sabbaths. Seven complete Sabbaths, the day after that last one. Is a Sunday always, right? But it couldn't always be 50 days either. Anyway, some people have trouble with math. 50 days is why it says it there. It ought to be clear now. We're not just counting. We're just, well, if, we've got good, if
3: we've got good Friday, we've got Friday. We've got
1: problems. <laughs> Okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I give you that one. <laughs> uh,
0: your your Greek before was correct. Your English transliteration was pinky. I'll fix it. Have domain. Have? Heb. Heb. Or if you transliterate it, hep. What's a heptagon?
1: Seven. Very good. Actually that's I took it right out of Lagos. Yeah, I'll look at it.
2: Uh,
1: uh, yeah. Man. Actually, that's what I should have done, but I don't have the Septuagint in Accordance. I have the English version of Septuagint, but I don't have the Greek version of the Septuagint. I've got to get both. Anyway, yes. So, and you shall present a new sacrifice to the Lord. So, the exegetical conclusion. Exegetical conclusion is the ambiguity of Leviticus 23's use of the word Sabbath is erased when you look at what Joshua says in Hebrew. What Joshua did, it's like that ought to make a slam dunk. Right? The Septuagint shows a pre-Renic view that agrees with the traditional count. Thereby erasing the notion that there's a conspiracy to conceal the resurrection. Jews don't like Sunday, so let's wipe it out. There is no Sunday on on the Jewish calendar. Now I'm telling you to choose sides. Here's why. You can choose to align with the minorities of the first century, the Bethusians and the Essenes, and modern Christians and Karaites. Are any of these people friendly to Jews? Friendly. Do you know do you know that you know Bethusians and the well the Essenes we wouldn't know they got wiped out. The Bethusians. Do you know what they're called? They're called uh uh, what do you call it? Informers. <laughs> Why were they informers? They were spies
0: for Rome. Because
1: they because they they didn't like the fact that everybody wanted to be religious and they'd lost the temple. So they went around informing on everybody else. We had we had people all over Israel dying because of these people. Or you can choose to line with Israel. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers, that is Samaritans, worshipped on this mountain, Mount Gerizim. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Yeshua said to her, "Woman, woman, believe me, the hour is coming because of the destruction when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You will worship what you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews." Comments? Questions?
0: I think that if we, uh, if we simply read it as seven sevens, we end up consistent with the Septuagint. We do. The Master, the Pharisees, and all of Israel, instead of throwing that word Sabbath in there,
1: because Sabbath really comes from the Seventh. Seventh, thing, yeah. So they're counting seven sevens. Seven by
0: seven is forty-nine, and on the next day, you do your deal. Fifty. Fifty. And it works. It out, yeah. In fact, in more modern Hebrew, it is biblical
1: as well. Today's the
0: week is a reference to the first day of the Sabbath. Right. Right. That's how it says in the city, too. Yeah. First day of the
1: Sabbath. In the Gospels, interestingly enough, in the Gospels, every time it says the first day of the week... What day is the first day of the week?
3: Sunday.
1: It's the first day of the week. is no, it's not a trick question. It's a Sunday, right? So that's where everybody gets... Well, when was the resurrection? Was it the, was it the first day of the week? Actually, that's not what it says in, in Greek. It says, and it was the first of weeks. Plural. Whoa. Sabaton. Plural. Now, having said that, the plural could mean... Groups because it's seven days, or it could mean that it's part of the counting of the Omer. Ooh, did you say that? That would be cool. Wait, it doesn't do my math, though. Hang on. I just said
0: these about So, are you saying the blessing each evening
1: when you count the Omer? Yes. You make this a habit the Yes. It to be bedtime, At, every night. In the Siddur, it's immediately before the bedtime Shema, so it's it's a good time to do it. And so because the sun has set in honor of our Master and in honor of his instruction in the Torah, let's say the blessing if you would. Ple uh, Blessed are you, Adonai, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us regarding the counting of the Omer. Today is 22 days, which are three weeks and one day of the Omer. The Compassion One, may He return for us the service of the Temple to its place speedily in our days. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Well done.